If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hey friend, welcome to another episode of In the Details. I'm your host, Karen Allen, and I cannot believe that I have been saying that for a whole year. (laughs) That's right. This is the one year anniversary of the launch of In the Details. And I am so excited to be celebrating with you. First, I have to just say thank you so much for being on this journey with me. Like, it means more than you know. I feel so grateful, beyond grateful, that I'm able to sit down and have conversations with such amazing humans. But then my mind is also blown away that people want to listen to it and come back week after week after week. I mean, this is like all around filling my cup. I I cannot express that enough. You all have shared so many different gems of, you know, these sound bites and conversations that have helped you, that have helped you experience different breakthroughs, um, that have helped you to take new paths and be open to new opportunities in life because now you feel like you have some strategy and you also have heard from other people's experiences, which inspires you and and fills your tank. So I love to hear how the story has been impacting your lives. I get messages on social media and sometimes also dropped in my inbox. And every time that I read a message from a listener, I'm just like, yes, (laughs) yes, this is this is what I hoped that it would do. So thank you. Thank you for coming back week after week. And I am looking forward to what the next year has in store for us. But before we jump into a whole new year of content, let's just take a quick look back at some of the stories and guests that I want to highlight. Now, you know, in part, I feel wrong for doing this because I'm like, I want to highlight everybody's story, but that would be impossible. So I literally just like went through the list of the show. I was scroll and I would stop and wherever my finger landed, I just took a moment, I reflected on that conversation, listened back to it, held that guest in my heart, sent them love and compassion and support, and then I wrote down some thoughts about how that conversation moved me and how I hope that it inspires you as well. So this is not like a complete reflection of all the gratitude that I feel in my heart. But this is, we'll just say, a glimpse, a special glimpse with a few guests who I'd like to highlight and say a deep thank you for sharing your stories. But this is a thank you to all of my guests who have been on the show in the last year. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me, with our audience, with the world even, because each of my guests are also sharing their gifts through service in a way that is helping to make this world a better place. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now to kick things off, we're going to start with an earlier episode, which is with the guest Amina Altai, who has actually just dropped a new podcast called Change Your Life. Now, what I loved about this episode lots of different things. But from early on in the conversation, you know, she talks about how she knew she wasn't aligned. And she also explains how it turned into something that was bad, that was detrimental to her health. um, But then it turned into a gift. And I think this is something that's important for all of us to tune into. Because when we are out of alignment, and in this case, she's talking about with work, but with when we're out of alignment in any part of our lives, our body will start to send some warning signals. So listen to this clip. 
So I started to get sick. I just felt like I didn't fit in. And I actually had gotten inspired by another idea. So I was working at this company and I got to work on an initiative that supported female entrepreneurs. And it just kind of enlivened this passion in me. And I was like, I want to figure out a way to do this full time. So I wrote a business plan. I pitched it to someone that I'd gone to school with and we co-founded a marketing agency that was a hybrid. So one side, we worked with emerging female entrepreneurs and took sweat equity to work in their businesses. And the other side was traditional agency. And it was an incredible experience. And I brought all of my traits into the experience. So I'll tell you what I mean by that. I basically had no boundaries and I was taking care of my clients and my coworkers and everybody but myself and putting myself last. And I also was navigating some codependency traits as well of really being people pleasing and again, putting myself at the bottom of the to-do list. And I eventually burned out and developed two autoimmune diseases. And I call this my stop moment because it was very sort of dramatic where I got a call from my doctor one day and they were like, if you don't go to the hospital now, instead of going to work, you are days away from multiple organ failure because I hadn't taken care of myself when I was that sick. And so it was dramatic at the time, but hindsight, looking back, it's like it was the biggest gift because I had to stop. I had to figure out a new way and really redefine my relationship to work and success. And so at that point... I sold my half of the business to my business partner and I went back to school to study coaching, mindfulness, movement, nutrition, all these tools to feel better in my own life. And then was just so lit up by what was available to me when I actually was on the court with these tools, I figured I had to teach them. That was so good. Am I right? And how many times have you maybe noticed when things don't feel right? And then within, I don't know, a couple of days or a couple of weeks, I know this has happened to me that if I'm stressed about something or if I feel like my energy hasn't been, you know, directed in the right place, I get sick. Some In some way, shape or form, my body starts to respond. So what a gift it is to be able to learn that up front. And I hope that all of you are continuing to learn yourself and your body so that you can pay attention to those warning signs and adjust as necessary. Now, one of the reasons I also have to adjust my energy is because I have a really big heart to serve as many people as possible. And in this episode with Stephanie Harrison, who is the founder of The New Happy, um, we talk a little bit about like kind of what a a burden it feels like to try and save the whole world when you do have a compassionate heart, but also how this world, because there's so much heaviness in it, how it, how it can wear us down. And I love how she talks about, you know, how we can bring happiness and positive energy into like the, the little corner of the world that we occupy because it can make a beautiful ripple effect. And not just that, but it also directly benefits your health and your well-being when you're intentional about bringing positivity into the world around you, you know, instead of feeling overwhelmed by trying to save the whole world, just serve your corner of the world well. So let's see what Stephanie has to say about that. So often it's easy, especially over the last couple of years, right? Like it's so easy to look at the world and feel so hopeless and despairing about our future, about the possibilities that are available to people, about, you know, the way we're living and treating each other. There's just an endless laundry list of things that we could focus on. And those are very real. I'm not saying that we should deny those at all, but that when we look at them in totality, it just can feel so overwhelming to know that you can actually make a difference on that. And what I think is a far more 
achievable, meaningful, approachable way to start addressing that is just as you said, how do you choose your area of focus that you can help to contribute to? And that can be from your home to your community, to your workplace, to your friends, to what you do when you go to a coffee shop and how you treat the people that you meet there. There are literally millions of possibilities available to us every single day. And they don't have to be you, you know, changing your entire life right now. They can start really small and they have a measurable impact on your well-being. Studies have found how much this sort of expression of altruism and kindness changes your physical, your emotional, your mental health. And it's the ultimate win-win in my opinion. Now, this next soundbite is one that I will remember forever because my guest, Steel Smiley, he was so vulnerable in a way that was just so beautiful and so special. And the way that he shared his story and described one of the biggest life changes that he pursued to become the person that he wanted to be, it just went right to my heart. I mean, it touched my soul. It made me cry a little bit. I was teary-eyed as I was listening to him describe this. And it makes me think of how many people find themselves in a moment where they're like, you know what? What I've been doing is not working for me. And it is not serving me to live out the vision that I have for my life. And I know it's going to be hard. And I know this is going to feel uncomfortable at times. But the reality is I need to make a change and I need to brave this change so I can become the person that I know I can be. And that takes a tremendous amount of courage. And so kudos to anyone who is in the midst of facing that change and pursuing that change for the betterment of their lives and the lives of those around them. I hope that this clip from Steel inspires you as much as it inspired me. I always remember and my dad would remember this. And he'll listen to this and he'll be like, holy shit, is that why? Oh. I would, oh, when we went to his office I, in the car, I would always say, dad, would you do me a favor? Would you please introduce me to other people? And so I may, and he was like, oh, okay, son, you, you got it. But the amount of times I asked my parents that would be, was like 150 times. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they ever thought about it, but I was like, I was so afraid to be the one to have to say something first because everyone's, they turn and they look at you. Yeah. And, you know, how do you address that? It's emotional talking about it because I don't really say, get to talk about it that much. I think the inability to, to walk up to someone and introduce yourself yeah. completely changes yeah. your ability to be your whole self. And I, I have the enormous amount of empathy for anybody who has gone through that because it is just soul crushing. Yeah. And I think I had no choice. It was either mail it in and you know would work a job where i didn't have to have much communication and just kind of be a, a secluded individual or become someone that i felt like had the opportunity to live a, a bigger better purpose and and it, the choice found me or i found it i don't know but it was the first one speaking of feeling inspired this guest bill murphy oh my gosh he He again was so willing to be open and vulnerable and raw. And I know that this episode is going to help so many because it already has. The response that I got from this episode alone was so beautiful because, you know, Bill talks about that life can be hard for sure. We know that it can be unfair and, and, you know, sometimes we're dealt really horrible cards, right? But 
That's why it's important that we seek help. That's why it's critical that we learn how to work through and and navigate life's challenges. But what if you're never given permission to do so? What if you are just dealt a tremendous amount of pain and the only way that you know how to deal with it, using air quotes here, is to suppress it or to ignore it? You know, this conversation with Bill really opened my eyes to the amount of emotional exhaustion that men carry. And when he shared some of these statistics as well, I will tell you, as the mom of a young man, it really helped me to consider my conscious response to any time he feels emotions and making sure that I always provide a soft place for him to land. So, have a listen to what Bill has to say. We, you just don't talk about things. Men and boys don't talk about things. They don't share their feelings. They don't, there's no crying. Oh, you cry. You're going to, you're going to pay the price. You know, like there's, there's no depression is that you can admit to. There's, there's none of this stuff. This is how we grew up. Right. So now that I, I wrote the book and talked about it, my boys, my friends, these guys that, you know, you'd want to have in that foxhole with you, like tough dudes be like, man, I had no idea. I knew your dad was mm. tough, but like, I had no idea. And I'm like, I'm so glad you, you shared that. I had no idea. Like, like, you know, it's just like, wow, I didn't expect that from you. Like you're, you're one of my toughest friends and I never expected. So, so I'm having these conversations with some really incredible people that I have so much respect and admiration for. And I consider them incredibly tough, tough people. But, but so now here's, here's the next, the next step, right? And I'm going to go here. We look at, uh, suicide, right? And suicide was up 30% from 2000 to 2020. It kind of caught down during COVID. It went back up another 3%. 47, like 47,000 deaths in the US, I think last year, and 1.2 million attempts in suicide. But here's, here's the rub, right? Men are more likely to commit suicide, almost four times more likely than women. But who's in counseling? Mm-hmm. That's the majority. Yeah. Who's talking about their problems? And then when I say their problems, I'm seeing, you know, trying sure. to with their past. They're trying to, you know, get through some stuff. They're they're working on themselves. Who's working on themselves? Women. Men hold it in mm-hmm. because it's a stigma. It's a stereotype. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important to to get the, the the message out there that, you know, it's okay. You know, it's okay to seek help. It's okay to get coached. It's okay to talk to your friends, yes. talk to your boys. Yes. Hey, hey, dude, you know, listen, I know we're, we're a couple of good old boys here, mm-hmm. but man, I need to talk to you and, yeah. and not be afraid. Now, one of the beautiful things about Bill's story is that he's taken ownership of his healing journey. And while he went through a lot of, you know, hard things in his childhood, he considered what kind of impact it's having, not just on him, but also his kids and his family. And with that new awareness, decided to make a change and decided to pursue healing. And I think it's so important that we take into consideration this intergenerational connection between how we live our lives and what then becomes, you know, something we pass down because we can pass down trauma. We can pass down healing. We can also pass down gifts 
and beautiful stories that connect us very deeply, which is something that I walked away with from my conversation with Brad Ryan. You know, in this next clip, he talks about how we can experience life more fully through intergenerational connections. And honestly, the many lessons that Brad has learned while hiking with his grandmother, Joy, are actually lessons that we can all learn from. So I hope you enjoy this clip. That's been my evolution. Mm-hmm. On the, you know, it wasn't, it's it, on the surface, it looks like, oh, we're just seeing the Grand Canyon and seeing some grizzly bears and, and on and on we go. But it, it was, it was the conversation and the connection. It was the life affirmation mm-hmm. that came out or, you know, that really came through us, I should say, uh, on the open road. That's what made our, our lives richer. It mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily each national park stop or, you know, this arbitrary goal of seeing all 63 U.S. national parks, even though we've, we're almost there. And I'm excited about that because it does show me that when you set big goals for your life, when you find this greater purpose for your life outside of work, that you actually can become the most, you know, self-actualized version of who you are. I think that's all very true and relevant, but it's also what matters more to me at the end of the day is just the fact that that we got to know each other and we got to give each other that love and healing. And last, but certainly not least, is Amy Morin. She was actually a recent guest on the show. And I'm very connected to Amy's story because, well, if you know my story and then you read Amy's story, you will see why. We both became widows at a young age and we've created our life's work around the the concept and also different techniques and principles that support mental strength. Now, what I absolutely loved about this conversation is how Amy describes the difference between mental strength and resilience. And then we start to dive into her list of uh, 13 things that mentally strong people don't do. Yes, it's a great list, but we actually talk about what's at the top of her list, which came after another loss that she experienced after several in a short period of time. I also just want to give a big congratulations to Amy because she's the host of the Very Well Mind podcast, and they recently won a Webby Award for her episode with Terry Crews. Amy has taken all of the pain that life has thrown her way and channeled it into an incredible vessel of light that is blessing so many. So listen to this clip from Amy. But then I saw other people who like had these repeat curveballs that life had thrown them and they were still doing okay. And they were like happy and they were working on reaching their greatest potential. They were hopeful. And I was like, yeah, what separates people? Because life is going to throw us curveballs. And because people will sometimes say like, isn't mental strength just the same as resilience? But like resilience is about bouncing back from horrible things. But like, I wouldn't want to live my life just being like, okay, I'm going to build up as much resilience as I can waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, I want to be good when life is good too. I want to make sure that I'm enjoying it to the fullest. And so that's what mental strength to me is really all about is saying, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the good times, reach my greatest potential. And obviously there's going to be adversity along the way, but it's not just about bouncing back. It's about working through that and figuring out how do you become okay on the other side. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was that people would honor their feelings. Like you say, like sometimes it's okay to be sad. Sad is part of the healing process. And that I think is one of the biggest misconceptions about grief is we don't like to feel the pain. So we try to go around and we distract ourselves. We do everything we can to not feel it. But in order to heal from it, you have to go through. And 
with mental strength, that's one of the things like, okay, it's difficult to, to work through these things, but I'm going to face it head on because I have hope that once I work through these things, I'll feel better on the other side. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. What were some of the things that you realized that you needed to stop doing to continue to develop your mental strength? Yeah. When I wrote the list of the 13 things mentally strong people don't do, don't feel sorry for yourself was at the top How of the about list. that? For a reason. <laughs> tell me, um, tell, tell me about that one. <laughs> well, you know, at the moment I was faced with uh, the, we knew that my father-in-law, he had prostate cancer, but they said, oh, it's prostate cancer. Like it's beatable. And within a few weeks, they said, actually it's spread. And then a couple of weeks later, they were like, yeah, this is terminal. And they gave him a terrible prognosis. And he now, only this lived- was when you remarried, correct? Right, right. right so right, right, I had- right. I gotten remarried and like, oh, woohoo, life is like, you know, I got a new job, a new house. And I like, okay, I'm building this new life for myself. And then it was pretty quickly after that, that my father-in-law got sick. And I was just like, oh, you know, finally, like life started to look good. And now here we go again. And, and I know that that's part of life. Life doesn't stay roses all the time and that bad things happen, but I just felt like I just spent a decade grieving and here it is. And I, my father-in-law and I had grown really close to the thought of losing him at the moment seemed fairly unbearable. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, I can't stand this. I can't do this one more time. I didn't want to see my husband lose a parent. I knew what that felt like. I was like, all right, Amy, if you've learned anything along the way, it's that self-pity is going to keep you stuck. And there's a huge difference between being sad and feeling sorry for yourself. Like being sad is when you can go through the process in a way that's healing. Allow yourself to feel awful. Absolutely. But don't start like exaggerating. Oh, my life is so bad. No, it will never get better. And I can't stand this. And, and thinking that you, uh, your problems are bigger than everybody else's. And I was headed down that path, but I was like, no, don't feel sorry for yourself. And again, I think it goes back to like what my mother-in-law and I decided to do on my husband's birthday. Like, all right, let's not sit at home and feel sorry for ourselves. Let's go out and do something. And I just really wanted to figure out, all right, how do you go through tough times, acknowledge the pain, but at the same time, not sit around and and host a pity party that would keep me stuck. Because when we feel sorry for ourselves, you just want to sit on the couch. You don't want to do anything. And then we kind of exaggerate how horrible things are. And we look for excuses to not do anything. But like, there's always something that you could do to take care of your feelings. And even when you can't fix the situation, like you can at least address your feelings in a healthy way. So That's why that was on the top of the list, because that's where I was in that moment. What an incredible year it has been. Just full of amazing conversations with some really beautiful and wonderful humans. You know, my hope with this show has always been that, yes, we celebrate these amazing individuals and we're able to highlight their gifts and their success. But I also wanted to have conversations with people who are willing to be vulnerable and share some intimate insights from their personal journey in hopes that it would inspire you exactly where you are on your own journey. So thanks for being here with us in this past year. And we look forward to another wonderful year sharing inspiring stories and getting in the details. I'm your host, Karen Allen. See you in the next episode. This has been In The Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcasts.